Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Phase Zero, Episode 13, comicbook.com. I'm Brandon Davis. I'm your host. I can't believe we're already on Episode 13 of Phase Zero. We only have two episodes left of the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I can't believe how fast life is passing us by. I am joined today. Jenna Anderson is back on the program. Hi, everybody. And Aaron Perrine is back. Wait, hold on. Hold on. We had a big discussion about this, about saying your last name. It's Perrine. Or is it Perrine? It's It's Perrine. Perrine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So there, yeah. Okay. But there's parts of the world that are saying Perrine out there. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the Alabama uh, section of uh, Twitter is like, wait, what? That that, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. You all this, you all the same family. Yes, but it's pronounced Perrine for me. You all right. do what y'all Aaron... gonna do in the South. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron comes from some celebrity lineage. He has some famous cousins in in Alabama, uh, and we have a we have a, a, a another co-host back on the program today, unbanished, because I think he learned a lesson about taking Chris Evans' Captain America for granted today, and we're gonna let him talk about it. Jim Viscardi, red shirt guy, is back on Phase Zero. I'm I'm back, baby. Welcome Let's back to the show, Viscardi. Boom! Thin ice, sir. You are on thin, <laughs> thin ice. So watch it. Watch your tone today. Uh, I can't listen, wait. So, it's gonna be a good episode. We have a cool show today. A uh, lot of MCU news to talk about, and then uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the Falcon of the Winter Soldier episode four. Full reactions, full spoilers. We're going to save that for later so that if you want to hear all the MCU news from Phase Zero, the best source in the world to get this stuff, we got you covered. And then you can go and listen to the spoiler half of the show after you watch it. If you've already watched it, just stay with us right now. Let's get to the news. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. There was a report, a rumor, that Christopher Barnes, the voice of the 90s animated show, the Spider-Man show, was back for Spider-Verse 2. It had some like spoilery details in there too, if this all turned out to be true stuff I wish I didn't read. Uh, and then apparently he's not. This was debunked. I don't know. Tom Holland also said people aren't in the movie. Sasha Banks said she wasn't in The Mandalorian. I'll never let it go. So I don't know. I think this would be really cool. The 90s show ended on a cliffhanger, didn't it? Like back in 1998, right? 23 yeah, no, years I, here, ago? Here's the, here's, the thing, here's the thing with that. So I don't know if I buy that it that it's fully debunked. Like, I get it, right? Like just like you said, right? Like they said it. If there was ever an opportunity for Christopher Barnes to come back as Spider Man, it's into the Spider Verse too. You can't do it anywhere else. Exactly. You, yeah. You, you can't do it anywhere else. This is where it's going to happen. 
whether or not they say they're going to say it is or say it's not or whatever, that's where it has to be. I, I, yeah, I mean, where there's no other place for uh, you can't like any of the previous Spider Man actors, whether it's voice acting, whether it's a live action Spider Man or anywhere in between. I don't know where you bring people back other than Spider Verse 2 or I guess Spider Man No Way Home if you're a live action. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> She-Hulk had some casting. Renee Elise Goldsberry joined the cast of She-Hulk. The role has not been revealed, but I know Jenna has some theories. Well, so they did say that her character's name is Amelia, but I know a lot of times with Marvel, it's like, here's this character's name, but this might not necessarily mean what you think it means. Um, there is a character named Amelia who is in the She-Hulk series from maybe like 10 or so years ago. So that could be her, but she has all of her appearances and like her Wikipedia page is basically blank. So I don't know how much they could really do with her story, but my like hope is that she might be Titania because that is who I definitely Ooh. would want to see as like she Hulk's big bad. And I'm like, you don't cast Renee Elise Goldsberry and not have her play like a villain or a big role in the show. Like that just seems mm -hmm. like a perfect casting. So that's my two cents. I'm go. I want to go back to the OG secret wars with Titania. That would be, that would be wild. Okay. All right. I like that. Thank you for your, for your insights. That would be interesting. Uh, I mean, when's the last time Marvel gave a character a fake name? <laughs> I mean, that never happens, right? Let me let me never. call up Agnes real quick, or uh, Ralph. Pietro, or anybody. <sighs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. James Gunn said that starts production this year. It's still slated to begin this year. Still doesn't have an official release date. I imagine that one's not coming in 2023. If it's starting at the end of this year, probably in early 2024 movie, right? I mean, I imagine that's probably the May 2024 movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Where else is it going to fit? Yeah, that that feels like a summer movie. Like regardless of wherever, whatever year you put it in. Do you think Adam Warlock is in Guardians Volume Three or somewhere else <laughs> in the uh. MCU? <laughs> i hope so i just want to just have him show up and just get it over with like we've yes. been waiting for in canon we've been waiting for like a decade at this point like just bring him in he's been sitting in that cocoon for so long he's like just let him out technically i mean in, in terms of the mcu he's been in that cocoon for what like legitimately 10 years yeah it, i mean i'm assuming he got out of that cocoon at some point but <laughs> as far as we know that post credit scene from guardians volume two was four years before Infinity War, right? Yeah. And then Infinity War, five years go by after that whole thing with Endgame. I mean, we're now deep. It's been a decade of Adam. Look, time works differently in space, so it probably could be. <laughs> this uh, is not Interstellar. This <laughs> <laughs> is not a Christopher Nolan MCU. But uh, yeah, well, I'm okay with Zac Efron in that part if that ever happens. Mm hmm. I just want Zach Efron in the MCU somewhere. Like, it's yeah. just, dude is just too, too good looking and too charismatic not to be. Like, he he's just he's best. Like, I love him as a comedic actor, and like, it just the MCU just lends itself to that that he would just be incredible in it. Yeah. BD, Captain Marvel two second. Hold on, Aaron, Aaron, what you got? I was like, BD, could you imagine the pop in a the theater if the Zac Efron pops out of that fancy air fryer in 2023? Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, I would, I'd be one of the people punching the seat in front of me in excitement. The last time I got that excited, I remember when J. Jonah Jameson showed up in the post credit scene of uh, Far From Home. I like kicked the seat in front of me, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was just like a reaction. I couldn't control myself. 
Uh, I am calling yeah. it a fancy air fryer from now on. That is a perfect. That's it. That's perfect. <laughs> a fantasy air fryer. <laughs> Send that to James Gunn. Yeah. I will. Uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel 2. Uh, the second unit starts production next week. The rest of the movie is supposed to start production within a month. We don't really know too much about this movie yet. We know Brie Larson, uh, Tiana Paris, and Iman Vellani are a part of it. And uh, in terms of story or other cast, I don't think we know too much. I mean, I'm hoping for some Secret Invasion stuff. Jenna, what What do you? You're a big Captain Marvel fan. We were talking before the show. What do you want to see in Captain Marvel two? Do you have any ideas for a title? Oh God, I have not thought about a title, honestly. I feel like with the way that the story seems to be going and all of the different players in it, it feels like there's a million different titles that they could go with, even just in the nature of having Kamala and um, Monica there as well. But like, I'm really just excited about the idea of having Carol be the center of her own movie and just kind of have her own lore explored. Like I, I loved how they approached her origin and I loved how they dealt with the Kree scroll war, but I was so worried before secret invasion was greenlit that it was just going to be captain Marvel's secret invasion and that she wouldn't really get to kind of have her own thing. So it's like, there's so many weird aspects of her cosmic lore that I feel like they could really touch into. So whatever they do, I'm very excited for. Yeah, that's a good point because I I don't really want to see her go in her second movie go the way that Captain America went in his third movie where it becomes like a split movie like Mm -hmm. Cap and Tony and then everyone else. I I don't want to see. I I think this will very much be a Captain Marvel movie. I see people in the comments want to see uh, Daisy Johnson Quake show up. Uh, Maybe in Secret Invasion. We'll see. Black Widow dropped a new trailer since we last spoke here on Phase Zero. It got 70 million views, which... That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty good amount of views. I think <laughs> for a, for a movie for a movie that already had a number of trailers, uh, and to come back with another trailer and show us some new footage. Yeah, that's a that's a good showing. I mean, look, people want to see this movie. I want to see this movie. I, get it out. Let's go. We're almost there. We're this close. They did spend the first third of the trailer on Avengers flashbacks, which I was fine with because I dig that stuff. Uh, I thought it was. Yeah. I actually thought this was the best trailer for the movie yet. It's been a while since I watched the old ones, to be honest. But I do think, maybe this is recency bias, but I (laughs) thought this was the best trailer for the movie yet. Um, The family aspect, the diving into Natasha's life, showing her as a kid, I thought that was really exciting. I mean, Aaron, what do you think of the Black Widow trailer? Um, It's really interesting because, like, you know, you would think that with a bunch of other trailers already popped out, like, you wouldn't have this massive reaction. But no, everybody is ready to get back in the theater. Like, everybody is ready to have that communal experience of, like, cheering for their favorite heroes. I guess that's probably why they included all that Avengers flashback, I guess, to, like, get you up to speed, I guess, if you forgot all the stuff. I don't know how you could, but, like, (laughs) that's it's going to be hype. I'm excited to see... Um, what's under Taskmaster's master's, uh, mask? I've been yes. wondering for like two years now. Like, yeah. what was good? <laughs> My theory, I'm sticking to it, is that it's it's uh, Rachel Vice's character, uh, what uh, Molina. I still think, you know, I, I still think that there's a chance that she's going to be Taskmaster. Maybe not by choice. Maybe she's brainwashed or something, some Winter Soldier type stuff. But I think Molina's under there. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I've been saying it since I saw the first footage of Comic-Con. I'm sticking with it. Uh, Miss Marvel showrunner Bishake Ali shared on Twitter that she also worked on Loki, which I thought was interesting. The Loki trailer came out. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But um, there was a conversation on Twitter where they talked about uh, how the first – Interview at Marvel was with uh, Michael K. Waldron, I believe is who it was with. I don't have the thread up in front of me. And that led to like, what kind of sci-fi can you do? And then it led to hold my beer. I can 
I can sci-fi the hell out of Loki. And it looks like that's exactly what we're getting. So that's cool to see that not only is the Marvel Cinematic Universe all connected on the screen, also behind the scenes, all these people are really working together. Uh, and when nobody wanted to admit that was the case with WandaVision and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, everybody's like, we did our own thing. Now Loki and Miss Marvel are just admitting. They all work together. Does that mean Miss Marvel is in Loki? No. Does that mean Loki is in Miss Marvel? No, I don't think so. Possible, but unlikely. There, but was, I do want an to... issue, there was an issue of Miss Marvel where Kid Loki showed up. So if anything, there could be some connected mm-hmm. issue there, but who knows at this point? Now, now, now you got me hyped. Now you got me all hyped <laughs> up. Now I, now, I, now, now I won't settle for anything less. Uh, but speaking of the Loki trailer and all these different versions of Loki, uh, we had, uh, for, I, I thought the Loki trailer was awesome. I thought, I love that, yeah. Like, it was so good. I can't wait for this show. Uh, my anticipation level just went to a whole new level with this. Uh, I love the time travel element of it. Uh, there's there's the, the big thing everybody was talking about. The biggest thing I saw on Twitter was people thought they saw Natasha. And you didn't see Natasha. That was, I'm pretty sure. I mean, set photos have come out that indicate this is true. That's Tom Middleston's Loki talking to Lady Loki. Jim. Can you school us a little bit really quickly on Lady Loki? I think the the thing with Lady Loki it was and it and it's interesting because Loki over time, right? Like we just talked about Kid Loki and you know we're we're going to talk about uh, Lady Loki has has taken on various forms. And the thing about the trailer in mentioning that like Loki's got variants and even the Loki that we're we're dealing with is a variant. Um I I'm excited to 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 jump around and see these different versions, right? And so Lady Loki comes from, uh, you know, it, it, God, it feels like forever ago now, but re- it stems from the the run J. Michael Straczynski did with uh, Olivier Coipel, where Donald Blake is going back um, and he has to reawaken kind of all of the uh, the Asgardians. And so one of those obviously uh, is Loki and Loki comes back uh, as a woman. Um, and like Thor immediately, re- you know, obviously recognizes him for, for what he is, but then, you know, obviously everyone else is like, oh, what the hell's going on? But there was such an, such an interesting take uh, on, on that character, just on the, the way that um, it, it interacted with other members of the, the Marvel universe. Uh, and all that. And so I, I'm very curious to see how they play it in the, you know, the Loki show. Uh, but it's, it, you know, it, it seems to just be touching a whole bunch of like, if we get journey into mystery kid Loki, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at some point in here, that's going to be awesome. Like we, we see the moment, uh, the vote Loki, uh, you know, where he's where I think like, and I got a theory about that. <laughs> and I'll come back around that. But well, actually, no, I'll say it right now. My theory is that it looks like he's it looks like he's in Sakar, right? Like they, he's got like Sakarians kind of around him. My hope is is that one, we get a cameo from Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster. And like in that moment, that Loki is is campaigning against the Grandmaster to be the new Grandmaster of Sakar. Oh, oh the with the take there. Wow. Now, see, between what you just said and what Jenna just said about Miss Marvel, I mean, I, I, now I, I want you two to be writing these shows. <laughs> I'm going to be pissed if there's anything less than those two theories. God. Oh. Uh, no, I, I like that theory a lot. I, I it's. I it doesn't know, have to be like a whole big thing, right? Like if he's just dr- dropping in, like that is just a thing that is happening in the timeline that he has dropped into. And it would just be such a cool moment that, you know, like you said, you don't have to do uh, much of anything other than just like, oh, this is what's going on here. Okay, I'm out of here. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would love to see like the ramifications of all that and like how that all goes down. But just that is enough for me. 
I mean, I'll take any Jeff Goldblum. I'll take yeah. any Jeff yeah. Goldblum anywhere. The another thing I want to talk about from that trailer is the fact that we see the Tesseract arrive at the TVA, which means an Infinity Stone is at the TVA. And according to the Ancient One, which her theory where she lays out how timelines work and when an Infinity Stone leaves, you have to bring them all back and all that stuff, it's represented in that on that screen, showing that they're applying that same logic. The only way to fix this would be to bring that Infinity Stone back to 2012, right? So does that mean that this show could end with Loki just having to accept his fate and go back to that 2012 timeline and put the Infinity Stone back there? I mean, they think like, is that the growth journey that that Loki, that that variant of Loki has to take in realizing that like, that's just, just what he has to, what he has to do. I like, I, I, I hope that I, I I don't know. I hope that's it. I, I, I want to believe that it's definitely going to be a through line for the show on like, will Loki do the right thing? Because even like there are a whole bunch of parts in that, trailer where it you know they're asking the question is loki going to do the right thing um i mean this is a loki that has not been through thor the dark world and thor ragnarok and anything else that we've seen his growth in this is a loki who still is hungry for a throne and you know maybe has not grown in his relationship with his brother and everything so i don't know i don't know Aaron, did you uh did you would you catch anything interesting in the loki trailer um just the general amazingness of like Owen Wilson being in MCU, <laughs> like I was like, it's just so surreal to see in real time. Like it, the affectations and him and Hiddleston are going to be amazing on screen together. Like the the screen grabs and the short reaction clips from the show are going to be tremendous. So I'm really excited to see what they can do. It's going to be really amazing. There was a, a big connection to Kang the Conqueror. This didn't come from the trailer. Disney released a bunch of photos. And they showed Gugu and Batha Raw, and they labeled the photo. And like the credit of the photo said that she is playing Judge Renslayer. Ravana let Ren- it said Judge Renslayer. That's Ravana Renslayer from comics. I mean, even if you played like the Lego Marvel superhero game, you know Ravana <laughs> is tied to Kang the Conqueror. There's, I mean, and also there's different versions of Ravana. She becomes Revelation in one timeline. She rules the world with Kang. She says she loves Kang at one point, even though he's kind of like this weird villain who just is begging her to love him back for so long, all this stuff. Uh, it's a really interesting time. I don't know if Kang is going to be a part of Loki. We know Jonathan Majors is playing Kang the Conqueror, the time-traveling supervillain and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. But will Kang appear in Loki? I don't know. I think the seeds will certainly be started to lay out. Maybe we see these alternate, you know, th- these different versions of Kang where he tries to kind of assimilate himself into society. I forget his different names and stuff where like one, he runs for mayor, I think. Mm-hmm. And all the, he creates like the human torch in one of them back in like mm-hmm. what the, a long time ago. So it, some cool stuff in the Loki trailer for sure. If you guys want to talk more about it, drop comments, hit us up hashtag phase zero uh, or any of us on, on Twitter. And then the last thing I want to talk about from the news is the fact that Marvel set up a Madripoor website that I was on marvel.com and I was on the episode three um, landing page for the Falcon of the winter soldier and there's a banner ad, and it says Madripoor. And I was like, so I clicked on it. There's an actual like interactive website for Madripoor. You can go to exploremadripoor.com. And when we first got on it, they had all these like Easter eggs. Like it named like Shang Chi. It named 
Krakoa, Mystique, and all this stuff. And like, there's like passwords to get to this stuff, and then you can track shipping containers. And now those have all since been removed. I think people started freaking out and being like, Krakoa's in the MCU, Mystique is in the MCU. And I don't think that's what this was. I think it was just a fun nod and Easter egg to anything from Marvel Comics catalogs uh, of characters and places and stuff. But it was cool. It was a fun little thing to go mess with. And the site is still up. You can go mess with it. I have the passwords. I'm not going to say them here if people want to take some time to try to figure them out for themselves. But uh, there's different passwords you need. I'll just say they're characters from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all lowercase letters, all one words, just to save we, you a little I, bit of time. I love that the, there's wanted posters for Bucky and Sam that are like mm-hmm. one thousand, like one thousand Bitcoin, which is like yeah. I think I did the I did the math and it's like fifty eight million dollars at current wow. day valuation. Like that's uh that's some money. I bid on a uh, I bid on a piece of art on that site for eighty eight Bitcoin. I don't know how much money that was, but uh, I if if one thousand Bitcoin is fifty eight million dollars, I imagine I uh, the current the current going rate for Bitcoin is uh, fifty eight thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. Wow! I should have invested. Dogecoin <laughs> to the moon. Go get your shares. <laughs> Go get your Dogecoin. All right, we're going to take a quick one minute break here. That's your news. If you want to talk about anything else from the news, drop a comment. But when we come back to phase zero, we're going full spoilers on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four. You'll get our reactions. You'll get our breakdowns. Everything in between. Drop your question. Drop your comments. Everything. We'll see you in one minute. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Phase Zero. Thanks for joining us. We are going full spoilers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Episode 4. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. I'm joined by Jenna Anderson, Jim Viscardi, and Aaron Perrine. And we're going to start with our reactions to Episode 4. The episode title is The Whole World is Watching, and they are. They caught your ass in 4K, John Walker. (laughs) The whole world is watching. Uh, So I'll start us off with the reactions. I really like this episode. It is my... My episode rank is three, two, four, one, and oh, okay. that's. I, I think three is still my favorite. Maybe, maybe two and four could be swapped. I like them both a lot, and one is is. I know that one is in last place for me, just because they were separate and it was the slowest episode of them all. I think for me, my attention span. Maybe anyway, this episode, uh, I, I really, I, I can't get enough of Kari Skoglin directing action scenes. I think that she does such a tremendous job with that. Uh, Sam continues to be just the most noble dude in the MCU. They keep developing that side of him. Uh, the Doros showed up. That was awesome. And seeing Bucky get cured of his brainwashing stuff was great. I mean, 
I, I thought it was great. And the ending of the episode, I, I can't, I can't believe they released an image like that, like from, from in the MCU. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that. Uh, Jenna, what, give me your reaction. Um, I'm definitely in the same boat as you. Like this is totally my second favorite episode. I feel like episode three was like really, really a high bar to beat at this point, but there was so much like action and character work and just so many moving parts of this episode of things of like, I didn't know I needed this in the MCU. I didn't know I needed to see Bucky getting his mind cleared. I didn't know I needed to see all of these different character interactions and mashups and stuff. And so it was just really like wish fulfillment while also driving the story forward in a really cool way. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, what'd you think? Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed. They continue to juggle so many different threads. Um, I, I, you made me feel something for like Battlestar, which is like an accomplishment. Uh, <laughs> like I was like, man, that really sucked. Like it was really crazy. Um, I agree with you, BD. I like the the bloody shield iconography is mm -hmm. wild to see out of an official source. Like what? Uh -huh. like, I know. Um, That's crazy. But I, I really am interested to see how this all spirals out now that we've got most of the players in the positions where they're going to be. I think they the writers have said that episode five is going to make you cry or something like that. Yeah. So we're, we're <laughs> headed for some disaster oh. and it's just starting. I think that the young Battlestar dying is not the worst thing we're going to see happen in this show, unfortunately. Phase zero next week is going to be a therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, what did you think? I've got I've got two things. Can we please first one? Can we please stop giving Wyatt Russell super soldier serums uh, because uh, it's happened twice now, and every time he's gone a little crazy. So uh, are you talking about Overlord? Overlord, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, such a good him and, movie. Him and Overlord, and now this. Uh, clearly, he can't handle it, or, or he can, right? Like that's that's part of the the brilliance, uh, I think, um, of uh, Russell portraying this this character. But two. I'm going to I'm going to I'm I'm saying it now because it's the thing that that I've said twice now first about one division second about Falcon and Winter Soldier I am not going to complain if the first couple of episodes feel too slow I will rank them for sure inevitably when we get more episodes but I don't think you get the weight the emotional weight that you get from this episode without having the other episodes and, it, and everything that it does is so um, it makes the payoffs and in the OHS moments and all of that so much more worth it because you get the first couple of episodes that, that do all of that character work. And so that's what I've been loving about these Marvel TV shows. Um, and I know, look, I was, I, I did not like the first uh, uh, episodes, um, you know, th thinking that they were a little bit too slow, but now I love them. So. I mean, I think that I liked the first episodes. I love the first episodes of WandaVision. I liked the first episodes of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I think that it, in both cases, it has been true that the, the later episodes have made the earlier episodes hit harder in both cases. And I think especially Sam and his sister, that yeah. story, Bucky trying to function in the world and dealing with the guilt, that became heavier from the even, like it wasn't light in the first episode. It was delivered really well. This makes it better the, as these stories go. So I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, Jim. Uh, well, let's, let's start at the top of this episode. It starts in Wakanda. And that was awesome. I mean, it's, it's so cool to go to Wakanda. I, I, I know for me, 
going to Wakanda, it just drums up like the Chadwick of it all. And I, I get like, I, I really, I don't know what, like, I don't know what that feeling is, but it is like, oh, this is so like, it's heavy. It's strange. It's weird. It's sad. It's, but it's a celebration too, that we have to continue the story. I don't know. It's going to be hard to shake that feeling to, to do any stories with Wakanda without Chadwick and T'Challa, but they did, they had an amazing sequence to open the episode with IO and Bucky. And she, I, what I love about this is it shows both Wakanda's just commitment to people. Like Wakanda has this way to understand people, to help people, to fix whatever needs to be fixed. Uh, and Io was willing to, she was so confident that she could take the Winter Soldier if he went into Winter Soldier mode. Because he, she said like, I, I won't let you hurt anyone or I won't let you do anything or something like that. Which meant she knows she could stop him. There's not a lot of characters in the MCU who could stop the Winter Soldier that that don't have crazy superpowers. The Dora Milaje, they have their own superpowers in themselves, I think. I love this scene. Uh, Jenna, what'd you think of the opening sequence? I, I, I agree. I was like, oh, wow, we are just starting with like a, a huge amount of feels like on this Friday morning. It was like, I'm not awake enough for the emotions that I'm feeling right now. But like it, it was such a well executed scene. And it was like, like you said, like the ramifications of every single line of dialogue it was like this is just so powerful and it shows the what's great about the mcu of like here are these two for all intents and purposes like supporting characters but they still can have this unlikely like crossover and this really really meaningful scene i agree and sebastian stan's performance in that was was fantastic aaron did you uh did you uh, what do you think of the the erasing the winter soldier of it all um, well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, if anybody was going to be able to break that, it would be the Wakandans, right? If anybody was going to be able to figure it out and outsmart Hydra, it would be them. Um, it, it establishes sort of a theme of, you know, there's all these other conflicts swirling around. And no matter who, like, what's going on, once the Dora Milaje walk into the room, they sorting out whatever happens. Like, <laughs> there's so so many steps ahead of, like, the other characters. It's kind of wild. Except for Zemo. Uh, somehow, he, he, he manages to sneak out of there. But I, I really think it's a, a really a testament to, like, Sebastian Stan, like, staying ready and being available. And, like, he, he had a chance to really put his mark. And I think that's up there with the most affecting scenes that Bucky's ever had in the entire franchise. Like, it's mm -hmm. amazing. It's a really powerful moment for him, you know? I, I, I thought about um, African-American imagery and art and uh, the idea of a river baptism. And they kind of echoed it with, like, a river of fire, you know? Mm. He comes out, he comes out one, goes through one side with the brainwashing and comes out the other side clean, and he's like, Cheers are streaming down his face kind of in the same sort of way. Um, and the way he was dressed as well. So I love that. I love I also I picked up on how the music went from the winter soldier, like that shrieking, creepy, eerie, like winter soldier terror is coming, and it became like a very gentle piano. Like just really I I hats off to this whole team and, and and the composer of this episode who I should have got their name. I feel like I'm doing a disservice by not naming the composer who did a tremendous job, but that music was, the, was fantastic. Uh, when you see two Doras come, come through a doorway and stand there and put their spears down. I mean, you, 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 you know, you're in trouble. And one of them even put on Cap's shield. And that was a moment. That was one of those moments that if this was in theaters, the theater yep. would have gone nuts yeah. when that Dora picked up, uh, I don't. I don't know if that door is named or and, I, and it's and I'm missing it. Uh, I, but apologies if I am. When she picked up the shield, that was awesome. I mean, Aaron, so yeah. what did you think about when all what that entire sequence 
when Zemo's just sipping, I think, tea back there, watching John Walker get his ass kicked. I loved it. I mean, we've all seen or been, uh, well, I, I guess I'll just speak for myself. I have been in positions before where someone yells out world star and you just <laughs> that and just keep what's going. You're like, get him. Get him. You're not going to let him disrespect you like that, though. Which is what, what Sam and Bucky do during the entire confrontation. Like, they're just yeah. like, okay, until we have to step in. Also, I, that's like, what? Go ahead, Jim. No, I say I legit jumped when that spear flies into that scene. I was like, oh, oh. oh <laughs> we're doing it. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, um, so it's interesting in that um, when they when they come through, that's like John Walker's like fourth least bad decision that day <laughs> like it's just a cavalcade of him making bad decisions and trying them is not one that you he's lucky he walked away from it mm-hmm. uh, also just subtly um i think that the episode's real like theme would be legacy and yeah. Uh, yeah her picking up the shield and having it snap right into her wrist where it's supposed to be absolutely um alludes to the fact that cap's legacy is built on the wakandans too his most iconic yep. weapon is vibranium. So, yep. like, you know, John Walker's not only, like, wearing the legacy of, like, Steve Rogers, but he's also, like, you know, kind of taken from their culture without even realizing it, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When John Walker walked up and said, John Walker, Captain America, I just want to be like, shut up. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Who says who? Like, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not Captain America. Shut up. Uh, and then they shut him up. But the moment the like after the fight and wh- where Walker goes, like they weren't even super soldiers mm-hmm. is such a such a great moment. One testament, obviously, to, to the Dora, but two just goes to show. And, and like, you know, Aaron, like you said, it is John Walker's no good, very bad day where. <laughs> We are seeing just moment after moment after moment that obvious, like the, I, I didn't think we would get the end of this episode in this mm-hmm. episode. I thought we would get it in one more, but like, I mean, it was all spelled out for you. You knew something bad was about to, what was going to happen. And, and I loved just kind of that layering and just building on it and building on it. It, it was, I thought it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ending, I mean, you say you didn't expect the ending of this episode to come in this episode, but the thing is, there's only two episodes left. I know, that's so crazy, yeah. I mean, they have so much ground to cover. I mean, we are all expecting Sam to become Cap before this is over, and right now, Cap's shield is very tarnished. That that symbol is very, uh, I mean, it's literally covered in blood. It's going to be hard to, you got to find a way to redeem that and make it why become Cap and explain that within the next a uh, little bit less than two hours that each of these episodes have in total. Um, after this fight with the Doras, Bucky, Bucky and Sam end up fighting with them. And it's almost like a, we don't really want to hurt you. We just, we all know we don't want to hurt each other. We just need, one of us is trying to stop something. The other one has an objective. But Bucky and, the, and, and Wakanda had quite a relationship. They call him James. They don't call him Bucky. Mm-hmm. They don't call him White Wolf. They call him James. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this leaves Bucky and the Doras relationship. Well, I mean, they let Zemo go. Yeah. So they didn't let him go. Definitely not good. He got away. <laughs> he got away. But so here's the thing. If Bucky is going to be in Black Panther 2, which maybe he's not, maybe he will. I just want to say, I'm so happy they didn't announce that. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the whole time the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was being marketed, it would have been, are we going to see Wakanda? Are we going to see T'Challa? Are we going to see the Doras? Did, did anybody from the Black Panther cast film with this before the shutdown, before, you know, at any point? And that would have been the conversation the whole time. And instead, it became a really nice surprise. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to get surprised these days because everybody <laughs> knows everything. Uh, but I, I really dig that. And I mean, what do you, Jenna, do you think, would you like to see Bucky appear in Black Panther 2? Because we just don't know where Sebastian goes from here. Yeah, I definitely feel like he could. I also just remembered like they're developing the world of Wakanda Disney Plus show. So if anything, you could like devote an episode of that to kind of repairing Bucky's relationship with the with the Dora and seeing where things go from there. But like I I since we don't really know where Black Panther 2 is gonna go, I don't know how you like fit Bucky into that while also juggling dealing with T'Challa and dealing with the entire ensemble. So it's like I would like to see him there, but I also know depending on the story, it would possibly be feel like a little too off track. So that would be something that it's like, just explore that on Disney Plus at this point. That's a good point. That's a good point. I also want to shout, I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, the actress who plays Io is Florence Kasumba, and she actually speaks German. Oh. So that, I thought that was an interesting way to incorporate a, her native mm. language uh, in cool. that nice. opening sequence. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Carly Morgenthau. Let's talk about Carly Morgenthau. Show of hands. Who agrees with Carly Morgenthau's cause. Maybe not what how she's doing it. Does anybody agree with what she's doing? Yeah, like yeah, like they, like like why she's doing it? Because I kind of start to see her point a little bit. You know. Mm-hmm. I I it's, do. It's tough. I, yeah. It, like, and that's the thing that's what I was saying before. Like this whole show, <laughs> you don't know who to. You don't really know who to root for, and it's um. It, it's just one of those things where obviously there are things that she believes in that seem that seem to be very right and well intentioned, but you can't get past the part that like, like what in the conversation she has with Sam, Sam's like, uh, you know, you, you, she killed people. Right. And so, you know, you, you can't really reconcile that. And when, you know, we're, yeah, I forget the line, but it was, it was so brilliant where, um, you know, where he goes, that's not, that's not any different. And then she you know, basically says, well, no, you're twisting my words kind of thing. And so, you know, like she very clearly has started from a place that I, I feel was right, but like, she's, you know, like John Walker is, you know, it potentially is morphing to a place where, you know, you, you, there's a potential point of no return for, uh, for characters like this, I think. I will just say I loved this scene when she was talking about like what the Captain America shield represents and about like what Captain America has represented of like that shield is just a symbol of the type of people that were not or whatever. Like basically it only has like represented people who look like Steve Rogers. And I thought that that was a really well done kind of encapsulation of her whole thing. I don't, I still don't completely agree with her methods, but I agree with the notion of like the world isn't giving us enough empathy. So we need to try to like reclaim it for ourselves. And it's like, yeah, we might be, doing horrible things but it's from a place of like helping the greater good in the same way all right where do you fall on uh, on carly uh i i kind of got where sam was coming from because obviously there's been some sort of failure or at least some sort of really dramatic miscommunication slash corruption with the was it the grc mm-hmm. um and and they their people do need help and like, you know, just like uh, Cap was a source of inspiration for all those people back in, you know, World War II era, like he, the, she has become a symbol for a bunch of people. But you, it's like, like, I love how they have Sam tweak her 
kind of in the same way like you feel like Steve would have if he was there, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you'd like say your own points back to you and say, see how it sounds from the outside, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so she has a lot of like good points. And also it's like in a more, in a weirder version of the show, she would be a legitimate, uh, you know, success version of successor too. She'd be out there for the shield as well, not to destroy it, but to be like, we don't need to tie this to, you know, just one country. I can be the mm-hmm. symbol that unites the world. Um, so I, it's, it's so hard. It's funny because right now we're all so mad at John Walker that he feels like the <laughs> obvious villain, even though her or supposedly the power broker is supposed to be like the main villain of the story. So hopefully, you know, things don't get too much more dire. But she definitely made some points. She made some points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she, yeah. And I mean, I, I love the, the way Sam uh, approached that. And I thought that Anthony Mackie just brings so much charisma into that uh, delivery of all of that as well. I see the comments here. A lot of people are torn here. It's the Mac 559 is not a Carly fan. It's the Mac 559 says, she out here threatening Sam's family. Get her out of here. <laughs> I mean, talk about making points. That's a good point. We don't we don't threaten superhero families. Not the people, not people we love out here. Uh, speaking of villains, though, <laughs> the most entertaining part of the show for me is Baron Zemo. I think oh. Zemo is... Mm-hmm. A fantastically acted character, a fantastically written character. Listen, Zemo's the reason Tony Stark is dead, so I really have no reason to like Zemo. He killed T'Chaka, he tore the Avengers apart, and if they weren't apart, they would have beat Thanos the first time. But Daniel Bruhl is so much fun to watch in this role, and he's written with charisma, he's written with, like, he's got great lines, he seems to be the only person who has, like, some sort of actual open mind about culture in the world, like, like in a lot of ways. And then, you know, I don't, you know, you can't really trust him because he just starts shooting people. So it's like, dude, make up your mind. Are we supposed to like you? Or are we supposed to hate you? But there, uh, there, the, the line that uh, like when uh, Bucky throws the tea and he's like, you want to talk about leverage or whatever. And uh, Sam just goes, whoa, 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 no, no. And he's going to do that head tilt thing and, and uh, <laughs> totally like get in your head. And like his head and like Zemo's in the background with his head tilted and then just slowly straightens it out. I legitimately laughed out loud at that moment because it's just what, what Brule does mm-hmm. is he's, he's just so good at, being the smartest guy in the room, but also super smarmy. And, uh, but, but, you know, and, and for the most part, like up to this point until he, uh, what did they say? He, he El Chapo'd, um, was, <laughs> I can't believe uh, they said that. I know. I was like, El Chapo exists in the MCU. Now I know that. Okay. <laughs> but like, but you know, like he had, he had basically even, even being, you know, treated, you know, like probably the rightful garbage person that he is. Um, <laughs> everything he said he delivered and so it's so it's very interesting very interesting to see and very especially with like you know there's the moment where he holds up the super serum and like the music is playing and it's swelling and you're like oh my god he's gonna go true super villain he's got the super serum and then he throws it to the ground and starts smashing it and it's like what is going on? Like, like, like you're, you're cheering for him at that point, right? Like he is getting rid of the super serum that is obviously causing problems. And, and so it's just like, I don't know. Look, this just has to lead to a Thunderbolt show with Zemo in it. And that's all I'm saying. Marvel studios, make it happen. If we don't get Thunderbolts out of this, I mean, I've, what a missed opportunity. I, Thunderbolts is something we've been talking about for such a long time, ever since like the MCU has begun. But now it really feels like you have potential to do an awesome Thunderbolt story. And they've 
there's no way I can't imagine a scenario where we don't see Zemo again after this show, mm-hmm. because I imagine this is a character who is tremendously popular, whether people love him or they love to hate him. It's a yeah. character that people enjoy watching for one reason or another. So yeah. if we don't get Thunderbolts, if we don't see an evolution of that Zemo costume yeah. after he finally put the mask on and we can continue just, to evolve that purple getup, purple is my second least favorite color, but <laughs> I, I would love to see more of it on Zemo. Uh, but I do have a question. Is he going to try to kill Bucky? Because he wants all the super soldiers dead. And Sam brought up a very very valid question when, when Zemo said something like that. He says, what about Bucky? Jenna. I I don't know. I feel like there's um like I feel like the whole arc over the course of the last few episodes is going to be the fact that like we we clearly see that Zemo gets where Bucky is coming from and kind of has some sort of common ground with him. So I think that'll just be part of his character arc of like, I still don't necessarily agree with your existence and with the fact that you're a super soldier and what you're doing with the serum, but I still like you as a person or tolerate you as a person. So I guess I will just like, just allow this to happen or whatever. So that's kind of, I don't know. I just will say though, I need gifts of when he was just standing in the background sipping the tea and then when he just like <laughs> casually shuts the door. I'm just like, so much of his acting in these past two episodes is just like, this is my new favorite meme. Like he is just so good without dialogue, just saying so much at the same time. They became their own little baby Yoda memes when, with the tea. Like yeah. watching John Walker get his ass kicked. That was great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do about Bucky. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I mean- Thunderbolts, please. Thunderbolt yeah. Ross, Jim. I know what yeah, you want to see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Clearly, I want to see Red Hulk. I know, but like at this point, at the the rate that the MCU is progressing, I'm still going to have to wait probably ten years before that happens. But uh, I, but that's listen, fine. That's William fine. Hurt, can... Ten years from now, I don't <laughs> oh, know if he's going to be saddling may, up to play we, to play we, a Red Hulk. That's true. We may not have William Hurt uh, for for that much longer to on screen. Not whoa, he's not going to die in. Whoa, he's not gonna die. He's in ten years. I'm saying he may just be. He may retire from the screen in ten years. Whoa, is wow. what I'm saying. I'm saying he's going to retire. Wow. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. Um, uh, but but what I want to say is that it's. Yeah. It, it there's already the piece there's already so many pieces there for thunderbolts especially with you know with thunderbolt ross there but like i can't imagine they're going to kill john walker right mm-hmm. and so i think john walker yeah makes a great uh as, as u.s agent makes a great thunderbolts uh uh team member zemo makes a great team member we don't we still don't know where y- yelena is uh at mm-hmm. this point you know we know uh she shows up in hawkeye uh at some point so i think she makes a great member uh then you've got obviously we got ross and so like there already are a lot of pieces kind of being put together for a legit a, a different but legitimate thunderbolt scene like the thunderbolts are you know, for X-Men, like you know, for Marvel Comics fans or X-Men, like they are basically like the Avengers X- X-Force in a way, right? Like yeah. they are the team of, you know, they, they started out as a team of re- reformed villains or whatever, but they've essentially morphed into, you know, uh, what used to be the secret Avengers, right? That where it was just like, they're going to do the missions that the Avengers can't do. They're going to do the things that the Avengers can't do. And when you look at that, just just with those four characters that we mentioned like that may be you know that they're willing to do that and so that's that's what gets me excited for something like this also too right like 
the how dark this show gets mm-hmm. makes me believe that Marvel can pull off a Thunderbolt show, but it has me even more excited for what Moon Knight's going to be because mm-hmm. it, it what we see in these past couple of episodes, it we know that Marvel is willing to go the limit and push that a bit and go dark, get get weird, and um and so that you know I'm Jim, you're a Moon Knight fan, uh, a little bit. <laughs> I, here's here's actually something I think could be really interesting. You can have a Thunderbolt show, which carries the same weight and grit that we're going to get from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has surprised us week after week how far they're willing to take stuff. And then you can have a Young Avengers show, which can be yeah. much lighter, you know, lighter in tone, still, you know, have real issues or whatever they want to have there. Which but is I think basically they can what really... Disney Plus is building in the background, right? Like, yeah, they, shows yeah, is exactly. Legacy. Yeah, so I think you can really have a nice contrast in tones. Uh, for these for such shows and Thunderbolts, I would hope maintains a tone similar to that of the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Whereas Young Avengers, I picture as something that's much lighter and and uh, not so mature or, or audience oriented. Uh, speaking of mature audience oriented, the end shot on John Walker. We're going to talk about John Walker right now. First, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, like, dude, so, I, there's no way around it. Uh, and. I see. I do see a lot of people like on Twitter, like apologists for John Walker, and they're like, "Ah, he, he was right for what he did." Here's that's the, the wrong opinion. I'm saying yeah, right now, it's the wrong uh, opinion. Yeah, here's the thing. Listen, if I saw my friend get like punched in the face to death, or just punched one time, or killed, whatever, I would have a very strong reaction. No matter who killed my friend right in front of me, I probably want to attack that person or stop that person or something. It's probably why I'm not Captain America. You know. Like I, 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 and I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Hopefully I'm never in that situation, but I'm sure any average person is going to have a very strong reaction. The purpose of Captain America is you are not the average person. The person, the purpose of that per- person who is in a position of power and this position of symbolism and, and representing uh, goodness is that you don't have that reaction, that you do know mercy. And that's what Steve Rogers showed when he was in that same position in Captain America Civil War, when Tony basically all but killed Bucky and he had Tony in that same position that John Walker had this flag smasher in. He put the shield over his head. He was ready to bash Tony's face off and cut his head off basically. And he didn't, he showed mercy and restraint and he stopped himself. And, and John Walker did not John Walker bashed this man to death right there in front of all these people caught in 4k. John Walker is canceled. Hashtag John Walker is over. (laughs) Are we at all surprised by this reaction from John Walker, this man who seems to have this complex of constantly trying to just, I don't, I, I don't know. Is he trying to get respect? Is he trying to get attention? Does he just want to be loved? Like, did nobody love him? Like what? I, I don't know. He's entitled. Are, is anybody surprised by what happened there? Not really, honestly. <laughs> Like I, there's that really great conversation with him and Lamar, like before the death of basically the super soldier serum um, heightens what's already there. And so it's like, clearly John Walker was struggling emotionally with, like you said, like respect and just notoriety and just what he wants to represent as a person. And so then, like you said, the second that the person that he cares about is gone, that just gets heightened even further of like, oh, he's just completely like unhinged at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it also comes back to the, com- the conversation we were talking about with Zemo and super soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you know, we're John Walker is at right now the perfect example of why uh, Zemo hates super soldiers. They're unstable. They, you know, they, uh, you know, or, or powered people in general. There is just um, 
uh, they bring destruction wherever wherever they go and they they seem to pay nothing for it right and then but then you know uh what is it i think sam says you know but but steve you know steve didn't and, mm-hmm. and zemo goes touche and so like and you know then there's the, the buck example and so it what you know i i'm i i'm so excited to see what the fallout of this inevitably ends up becoming like where like because because this this can go like this can go terribly wrong in the sense that like like I don't know as if uh, it may get handled the the right way right like people saw this everywhere and so if this is a thing that just gets like swept under the rug like that's a problem like that's- well that's, I think that's the point I mean the the obvious parallels between what has been happening in the world today are not you know they're not a coincidence and I think it's going to be a question of the right thing to do here would be throw this guy in jail and strip him of that shield immediately. But the way that we've seen our world handle it is that's not what would happen. I mean, you know, I mean, Aaron, you haven't you haven't weighed in on this yet. What do, what do you think of that last that tag scene at the end there? Um, it, it's just it, it's it's really interesting because I I think it was like uh, let's see here is it saying J three in the in the comments that said or like that like it's a testament to how well. Why Russell's playing this character? Everybody hates his guts. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing a real good job of making everybody like just absolutely hate him. And I can't imagine that's fun to deal with as an actor too, because you're going to be getting stuff like fruit thrown at you in the street for the next probably year because uh, <laughs> of what happened right there. Um, but it, it's it's like a line that you know, like you said, the parallels. I didn't see the parallel like the two side by side scenes of him doing that to that guy on that stair. And then also, um, you know, where Cap had Tony at his mercy but chose restraint. And that's exactly it, Brandon. I really think that it's like, this is why Steve Rogers was Captain America. Like, this mm-hmm. is why. It, it, the unbelievable, like, grace under pressure of, you know, it, you just set your entire life on fire and Bucky gets hurt. And you could, you know, sol- solve the problem right here, right now. But that's not your job, right? Um, I also think that, I don't know if they're exactly going to take it from him immediately. I don't yeah. think that they're going to immediately take the shield from him. I think Sam and Bucky going to have to go get that from him by force, mm-hmm. probably. Because also, he took the super soldier serum, and I think there's some parallels to like Roy Rage and stuff, too, in mm-hmm. there with how they yes. take yeah. it. Like, yeah. he just saw red, jumped through a window, <laughs> messed up that person's VW did, bus. Uh, did his own superhero landing. Yeah, yeah let's, not, let's, not, let's not miss. Let's not forget that he did. He got his own superhero landing for sure. Oh the 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 second weird superhero landing of the Disney Plus era, <laughs> um, where I'm like, oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> like, so he obviously isn't a good person, but mm-hmm. also it, it's a very human reaction, I suppose, yep. to like running after him. But totally, completely crossed the line. Still, you know. I mean, so, so, what, so do we assume that John Walker goes on the run after this? I don't know. Or, is he, or does he like, does, I mean, you got to believe he probably thinks he did the right thing, right? Well, and so, I was just, I was just thinking like, depending on how it is sold to the rest of the world of like, there are portions of the world who see the flag smashers as terrorists. And so in the mind of like, oh, Captain America just murdered a terrorist live on Periscope or whatever. It's like in some <laughs> people's eyes, that would be not necessarily seen as a bad thing horribly. And so that I think is going to be kind of hanging over the last few episodes of like, there are going to be some people who who recognize how horrible the action itself just was. And then some people who are like, oh, he totally did a good thing because we see these people as the enemy. I think the question, though, is 
what does the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier set up? Right? Because like we got like you know, for WandaVision, it was very clear we knew Wanda was gonna, you know, is gonna show up in uh Doctor Strange 2. And so, you know, we got a good ending for the show, but also kind of the springboard into like the next thing. And honestly, like I don't unless I'm totally missing something, I don't know where we go from Ooh. here. Like, I don't know if it's a thing where like, we're going to get a big announcement for like, uh, like a captain America. Oh, actually, you know what? Okay. I lied. If the, at the end of this, we get a Sam Wilson, captain America movie announcement after this. And that's where that goes. And that's one of the mystery dates. Boom. I'm in, but like, no, but honestly, like, I don't, I don't know where in the M like the MCU, this continues. Thought where it does it fit? I mean, yeah, that, that, but that to me has made this a bit more fun to watch because with yeah. WandaVision, you knew the whole time. Yeah. She's going straight into Strange. And so we were looking the whole time for these strange connections. And that made, and maybe they don't know yet, but, I, you know, this obviously is not going to be the last time we see Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan in the MCU. Absolutely. But I do think it's cool to have that, that added opportunity for speculation of not knowing where they're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as I also do love knowing, you know, Wanda's going to be in Strange 2 or this is going to affect Spider Man 3 and stuff like that. You know what I want to see is like, so, like J. Jonah Jameson watch some of that cell phone footage mm. of John Walker in Spider-Man No Way Home and show us that these are kind of happening at the same time. I think that'd be really cool. I think that'd be yeah. a nice way to tie it together. That's a, but know. that's the thing though. Would J. Jonah Jameson support this while still calling Spider-Man a menace? And yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think he, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is a John Walker stand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is no question in my mind about that. J. Jonah Jameson has John Walker has cap his back posters in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. He absolutely does. I do want to shout out the comment section. I see a lot of people showing love for Wyatt Russell. Proud of you all for differ- differentiating the actor from the character. Wyatt's doing a great job. Uh, and uh, la- one of the last things I want to talk about here is Sharon Carter. Because Sharon Carter. It's a power broker. Yes. Sharon Carter might be the power broker, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just really it's really becoming more and more clear that there's a good chance Sharon Carter's the power broker. And if she's not, then there's going to be a big surprise about who it is, but uh, unless yeah, it's like some like, kind she, of, she's got, she gets what she has access to satellites. Like I get mm-hmm. it. In Madripoor, you get shady things, but like, you don't just casually drop. I've got access <laughs> to satellites. I'll help you find whatever you need and not be someone like the power broker. That, well, then yeah. here's the thing. Go ahead. Oh no, just the line when she's like, Yeah, the power broker, he's he's very mad. It had the energy of like, yeah, my boyfriend who goes to the other school. <laughs> I'm just like, you are just conveniently like covering your tracks here, but I feel like you're just talking about yourself, honestly. The the reason I think she must be the power broker is because she's clearly sending people to look for Carly and the power broker's number one objective is to find Carly. And those two things going hand in hand. That's the biggest connection I can make. Uh, Jenna just broke Jim. I, I, Jenna just broke Jim. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> proud perfect. that my joke just broke you. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. If it's not Sharon Carter, you're going to have to either have a character who we've met before or an actor in this part, right? Who's going to mm-hmm. surprise us and excite us. Uh, Aaron, any, any power broker predictions? What if it's Zemo? Who? I mean, certainly a possibility. I've had that thought as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, the dual identity thing is not exactly an uh, unknown concept. You know, he's obviously yep. been playing them against each other and sort of like, you know, sort of like needling each of them at their weak points and oh. having Sharon be like, 
all the red herring and then him walk out of it like Kaiser Soze would be on character. <laughs> but you know, but you know what that means? What? That means within the next two episodes, we're going to get at least a five minute montage of everything that Zemo has been doing behind the scenes and how it all <laughs> connects. Jail. It is one of my favorite television shtick things obviously as a fan of the blacklist at the end of every season that's what you get you get the montage and i am now even more hyped for the end of the episode kofi in the comments uh comic book nation host kofi outlaw in the comments and how did he get the door key in jail i'm pretty sure bucky gave him that key right yeah bucky barnes put it in the book and then that helped him start the escape process it listen it's got to be zemo or sharon as power broker and if it's not it's just got to be somebody big mm-hmm. I would, and if it is it's going to be it's going to be a, a great kept secret that i that it's one of those things that i wish we would have gotten in wandavision with um uh evan peters right mm-hmm. but like like that's it, it would be a great it would be a great surprise because that's one of the things that you know obviously for us we have to kind of live and breathe, uh, you know, set reports and casting rumors and all that. Like, I would love for Marvel to surprise us. I do. I do think if it is Zemo, you're going to have a very James Bond moment. Christoph Waltz. I am the man behind all of your pain, James. It is me all along. <laughs> like, Zemo's absolutely going to have that moment. And it's going to be very... Uh, what which which bond is that? I don't even remember. Wasn't the uh, one of the Daniel Craig's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. Any, uh, yeah. anything Unfortunately, else? Unfortunately, the on ones today? Christoph Waltz were in were awful. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Christoph Waltz, what a guy. He was great. Uh, drop a yeah. tremendous actor. Drop a comment if you want us to answer questions. We are about to wrap up the show, so if you have any questions you want us to answer really quickly. Let's uh, let's hear it. The power broker is Mephisto, says CJ Darfour. That was very obvious all along. And obviously, the aerospace engineer is going to bring the power broker to justice uh, right after Reed Richards builds the ship to get them there. Duh. Do you think Zemo puts his mask on again, says casually cosplaying? Yes, I think so. I, I definitely so. think so. Yeah. I, think the sh- I think he rides off into the sunset of this show, escaping jail, probably, uh, and just being a, a criminal on the run. Man on the run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's when you know the show has gone on for too long. (laughs) What? When I start doing karaoke? I am offended, sir. Do you think we will see Zemo in the MCU again? If yes, where asks Falcons Nat? Layla, I... Anybody have any idea where? Yeah, I mean, I it, we, I don't know where, but we're definitely seeing more Zemo. Like, yeah. That's, that's clear. Got to be Thunderbolts. Hopefully they announce a Thunderbolt series, the Book of Boba Fett style. Mm-hmm. Uh, a question from Freeman Stephen 24 Do we get a second season of Falcon and Winter Soldier or a new Captain America movie? I think both I think both are, are options. Like I said, I think I, I would love at the end of this, you know, like we get at the end of the Marvel movies. You know, I want like Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes will return in. Boom, logo, Sam Wilson, Captain America. Boom. That's what I want. I think season two is Captain America and the White Wolf. Yeah, that could work. Why not? I do find this one interesting. Uh, Megatron, Megatron, M-I-G-A-tron. <laughs> I guess Megatron was taken. Uh, do you think we get a scene of Walker and his wife after the incident interested to see that dynamic and her reaction to Walker's actions. 
I think this could be very Aaron, what do you think? Um, so there's a moment uh in Captain America around the eighties where Battlestar actually uh gets gets separated from Walker after, you know, uh the guy, US agent gets brainwashed and he has to explain that his family's been murdered, that um the enemies figured out who John Walker was and murdered his family. Um and he sort of emotionally helps him through that. So if this thing just happened, it's all over the internet, and the Flag Smashers know who he is because his name's all in the, you know, marketing materials, they could target his wife. Ooh. And mm. it would mirror that part from the comics. So that could be bad. And there's no Battlestar to help him through it. There's no shoulder to cry on. So it would be really bad. It would send him spiraling even further off the deep end. Yeah, I mean, this might come down to John Walker versus the Flag Smashers, and Sam and Bucky are just the like the referee at that point, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to mitigate the damage. I don't know, I don't know. Here, uh, John I got, I got one last, is the power I, broker. I got one last question for for the uh, for the group. Do we think this is the last we have seen of the Super Soldier serum? No. Because I feel like there, there theoretically, all of what we've yeah. seen has been either destroyed or John took that last vial. Does it still exist out there? Look, you know, the, the scientist is dead. Like, is there someone else who can reverse engineer it or what? I feel like there there have to be other countries trying to recreate it in their own way. Like, I know that people had theorized that that would be how we would get Wolverine, Omega Red, and all of the kind of X-Men adjacent stuff of, like, here's Canada's super soldier serum. So I feel like there have to be variants of it that exist. It's just that this is the kind of, like, American-grown Steve Rogers, um, Isaiah Bradley version of it, and that that mm-hmm. might be gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody tries to experiment on it and they accidentally create mutants. Yeah. <laughs> try to recreate the super soldiers here and accidentally create mutants who knows uh baron zemo is in the comment section right now on phase zero on the youtube channel i destroy <laughs> the super soldier serum says baron zemo live on the program baron i don't know you uh, might want to lay low he, for a while uh, indigo indigo 15 indigo 15 actually brings up a great point that we didn't necessarily touch on um but like Moore? uh uh you know, I uh, random, but I love the way Sarah handled the conversation with Carly on the phone. And yeah. that, like you said, that was another great moment um, that I just, you know, goes to sh- like, I, I mean, I don't know. There, there are a lot of things that, that I think uh, the, the show does well in handling um, interpersonal relationships in a way. And so for, uh, you know, like, and we know, right? Like we know that the relationship that Sarah and Sam have is, is, a you know, a bit on the rocks, but they are still siblings at the end. And for, for Sarah to kind of like pick up, uh, you know, on that, on the call with Carly and, and handle it in the way that she did, um, is, uh, was, was, I just thought really nice. Yeah. I think that. I'm, I'm going to end the show with this one. Uh, we'll go around here. Blah Roski asks, uh, is there any more surprise cameos this season? More roadie. I personally can't imagine how there's time for more cameos. I don't see how cameos would really serve the show very well, unless it's kind of like at the end when Sam becomes Cap and we see maybe a big kind of whoever's left from the Avengers moment where they celebrate. But I I don't need any more characters. Nobody wants to see the MCU bring in more characters and heroes and, and cameos and interconnectivity than I do. But for this one, I genuinely think with only two episodes left, I'm into it for Bucky and Sam. I'm into it with the Zemo story. I want to see what's going on with Sharon. I don't think we need any more. And if there's any, 
it's in a ceremony where Sam takes on the shield. Jenna, you think we're seeing anybody else? I, I know there was a quote from Malcolm Spellman that was basically like, there's a character in episode five that he wanted to see interact with Thor. Cause he was like, from a personality standpoint, that would be a cool character to team up with. And so I have no idea who that could be. And I honestly still don't know. So if anything, <laughs> if there's a cameo that we get towards the end of the series, I feel like it would have to be whoever that character is. Cool. That's, huh. Aaron, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I, I think we're going to get, uh, like Elijah, I'd imagine, or yeah, like the younger, the younger Bradley, uh, you'll get mm. Patriot by the end of this thing. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just there in the background and everybody's sort of like, Oh, that, that could be something, but it might not pay off right now. But do you, do you think Elijah has serum or no? Oh. It's, it's supposed to be genetic, but in the comics that didn't right. happen until later. Um, right. I could easily see the MCU kind of ironing that out. Yeah. <laughs> man a little bit. Or when they go try to find more serum, because you, as long as Isaiah Bradley's alive, the serum's alive. It's in his yep. blood. Um, mm-hmm. He could the kid could get shot, and he could need a blood transfusion oh. like in the comics. Ooh. And then you, there you go. You got That's super it. blood. There it is. And the Young Avengers keep on forming. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> slowly but surely yep. listen this was a super fun show today everybody uh thank you for another great episode of phase zero aaron jenna and jim and to everybody who's watching watching us live everybody who's listening to us on podcasts uh please give us a good review share us with your friends we love that and uh we're gonna have some special guests coming once this show is over and i do want to once the falcon and the winter soldier is over not once this show is over when this show is over it's over go about <laughs> your day but uh i i do want to find ways to kind of get you guys involved get the audience involved and give you opportunities to connect with some of the special guests we're going to have on the show i don't want to say anything yet i don't want to overpromise in case anything doesn't happen but i am developing some stuff behind the scenes here and i'm working to get you guys involved and do bring some cool opportunities jim any f- final words for today's show i'm just ready man i'm ready and it was good to be back <laughs> uh, yeah, you did good. You, you, you did good. Well, welcome to the unbanished life. Jenna, <laughs> any uh, any last words uh, for today's show? Um, nothing that I can think of. No, just find me on any social media at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. That's right. You should go find her, everybody. And Aaron, anything for the for the fine Phase Zero listeners? Uh, just it's been fun to be around again. I love <laughs> I love the vibe. I love everybody. Also, recipes to X, recipes DMX. Yep. Pastor oh, while yeah. we were on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's yeah. a tough one. That's tough. Uh, well, thank you, Aaron, for coming on today's show. And everybody, if you're watching us on Twitch, please uh, follow the Twitch channel, comicbook.com Twitch channel. And we do this every Friday live at 12 p.m. Eastern time. We're doing this for the next two Fridays, and we will have a very cool show three Fridays from now. So I hope you'll dig it and you'll be there. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Davis. Find me at Brandon Davis BD on whatever platform you want. And uh, all my friends hate John Walker. That's today's show. (laughs)